People want to believe. We tell each other, just read the Bible. But what happens when it just isn't easy to understand? This is No God. You are listening to No God. Uh, I'm here today with Tony and Sandy, my parents, as always. I am Micah. Um, today we have a little bit of a different thing. I'm just going to kind of ask a question, and we're going to jump off from there. Um, or I guess even, maybe not quite a question. Um, but the first thing, are you familiar with the new slang term, OK Boomer? I have just yeah. noticed that. I haven't dug into it a bunch, but I did notice that just recently in a news article. Something to do with the boomer sooner? <laughs> <laughs> no, not that boomer. It has to do with um, baby boomers. Okay. Um, and it's sort of a slang term that's come up to um, basically dismiss boomers, but specifically dismiss ones um, that have become closed-minded or out of touch. But sort of what it's become is if a boomer is refusing to listen to a younger person and just kind of like stuck saying one thing or something like that, or just the younger person feels like they aren't being listened to then they will just say okay boomer and move on like you aren't included in this conversation anymore because you're not trying is kind of what it's referring so to they just dismiss them and ignore yeah them. right so my question is um you kind of have this breakdown of generations of boomers don't want to listen to millennials you know that we've been like they're just if you just search for millennials destroying or millennials prop like there's been so many articles books everything written about how horrible millennials are um and now there's being the reverse of well if you're not going to take us seriously we don't need you anymore we'll right. just do this ourselves yeah. so yeah what does the bible have to say about generations working together well the the uh, current culture of one thing that's important to remember is that historically, as far as in recorded history, there's not been another era when you could potentially have three, and even in some rare cases, four generations working in the same workplace. Wow. It has wow. never occurred before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's true. It was almost a straight handoff from one generation to the next in the in a hundred years ago, where you, it was it was a it was a very uh, small percentage of workers that would have been uh, older and still working with a massive amount of the younger. I mean, think about the lifespan yeah. of people, yeah. and that's also a discussion that actually comes into other features in our culture. But in the workplace, so I mean, think of Warren Buffett. Uh, in with his Berkshire Hathaway Corporation True. system, and Warren Buffett is now ex getting old. I yep. mean, he's yep. really you know, and where he is in a work environment now, where if he could have a person that's a fourth generation away from him working in his same business. Yeah. Now, the, whether those two actually interact with each other, I would doubt. But, but there could be other examples of it right. too. And so we're only talking about actually kind of two to three generations separate. Yeah. Because there is there are boomers who didn't raise millennials. Millennials right. are their grandparent their grandchildren's yeah. age. Because you got boomers, generation X, the sort of messy middle ground that sometimes gets referred to as zennials, millennials, and then 
Generation Z? Is that the one after that? I, I haven't heard what the next one is. <laughs> anyway, but so yeah, millennials, which is, they're mostly in their 20s right now. Right. Um, and in the 30s. So I preface my thoughts with, well, actually, in the life of the church, mm-hmm. it was always multi-generational. Right. So we do have a, there are things that the Bible says about generations interacting okay. with each other. So what do you got for us? Well, I think of, I mean, a core place to think about is First and Second Timothy and Titus. Those letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to his the next generation below him, yeah. people that worked with him, Timothy and Titus. Right. And we covered Timothy in our talk about women leadership in, yeah. on these podcasts. But now let's look at Timothy and Titus in reference to behaviors. And so if I were going to address this to people, I would say, well, as a younger person, this is your, this is your responsibility. As an older person, this is your responsibility. And trusting that the wisdom of God is not contradictory. So let's just take an example of that. We have in Titus, which is the first one that I kind of just thought of. So in Titus chapter two, verse two, with the NLT, New Living, teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Pause. Let's just pause old men, because there's a little bit different instruction for women. Okay. Old men, you know what? If you want respect, you got to be respectable. I've known a lot of old men that that expect respect rather than being respectable. Yeah, just mm-hmm. respect me because I'm old. Right, right. Yeah. I'm old, therefore you should respect me. I also like that thing about being patient because I have noticed in myself, just even at my age, the older I get, the less patient I want to be. Right. Right. <laughs> Must have sound faith. You guys, listeners of podcasts, if you've listened to this very often, you know that I like to talk. Yep. And I like to talk about what I know about. Yep. <laughs> well, it's a reminder that sometimes we can get off on tangents. And even on our podcast, I occasionally will throw out there a very, like, minority view on a Bible interpretation of something. Uh-huh. Well, this is my reminder as an older guy to... Always be focused on sound faith, not just fun, fact, amazing, aren't I the amazing odd person out here that has this view on this passage, but rather mainline sound faith. Old men are tempted to not do that. Old men are also tempted to not be loving. Yeah. Or patient. Or patient. So there it is for old men. Older women, because uh, Titus also addresses that. Uh, Titus chapter 2, continuing on there. It says, similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. Let's just pause there for a moment. So how do older women live in a way that doesn't honor God? Gossiping, being busybodies. Oh, well, uh, actually, interesting. (laughs) It goes on to say, they must not slander others. Oh, Oh, I like the next phrase. Or Or be heavy heavy drinkers drinkers. (laughs) of of popper. Booze. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> sorry. To just remove For them, it would have been. Yeah, well, the uh, heavy drinkers are as the English standard, which is a more literal translation. Mm-hmm. You think about that. The English standard, instead of saying heavy drinkers, says not slaves to much wine. Mm. 
That's, that's a good way to say Enslaved that. to wine. Okay. Yeah. It is funny that in our culture right at the moment that wine is the women's drink. Yep. I yep. mean, again. Now, um, oh, yeah. if we take like maybe cultural view, because um, soda or pop, as mom likes to call it, um, is and didn't exist back then. Is it specifically not a slave to wine, or can you like maybe not a slave to indulgences or something? Well, we could apply it that way, but in this passage, it is specifically wine. Okay. Um, and wine would have been the primary beverage indulgence for sure. Yeah. Of that era. So then, what are they to do instead? Instead, they should teach others what is good. Oh. Now, what do so if that command is there? Uh, what would an older person, older woman, be more likely to want to teach rather than what is good? I, I don't, I don't know the answer to this. So, <laughs> like old men like to ramble on, ramble on. Yep. So old women, if they're supposed to teach good, what would it be that they normally would be trying to tell uh, younger women how to raise their kids? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which mean, could be good, thing, but could know, be bad. Um, well, so they could be teaching the. Um, uh, resentments they have collected over a lifetime. Ooh. Zing! That or teaching that comes them to, to be gossips. Well, that comes to my mind because if okay, let's just take this kind of phrase at a time. The young uh, to teach the younger women to love their husbands. Now we're not even talking about hierarchical type relationships here. Yep. Let's just talk about generally. What would an older woman who's resentment has resentment toward her own husband or her own mm -hmm. experience with men? Yep. Teach a younger woman about her husband. Yeah. What yeah. would it be? To resent him and be disrespectful. They're all crap. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You can't trust um Uh-huh. Yeah. To live, and then it goes on and says. And their children. Yeah. Uh, to love their husbands and their children. To live wisely. To be pure. Which is, purity is having a kind of a single-minded focus on God's ways. Okay. Rather than pleasures and pursuits, to work in their homes. Again, remember that when he's addressing older women here, they're less than 60 years old. Well, yeah, <laughs> okay. a lot less. Now, hardly anybody lived to be 60. Yeah, okay. To work in their homes, to do good, to be submissive, cooperative with the leadership of their husbands, They then they will not bring shame to the word of God. So some of this may be culturally driven, but still mm -hmm. generally in the principles it is that talk, Teach respect and love toward your relationships in your life. That's what older women should be teaching younger women. Mm -hmm. So that's these are all like they sound domestic and stuff like that, these kinds of things. But let me uh, walk over then to responsibility of, well, actually, um, okay, so first, let's just stay in Titus. In the same way, encourage young men to live wisely. And of course, he's addressing Titus, who is a young man. Yep. You yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything that you do reflect the integrity and the seriousness of your teaching. So integrity, um, rising above the pettiness and just saying this is what we're doing is serious. Because, I mean, this is church life. Yeah. But let's transfer it into the business world. Yeah. The business world would be, I take my job seriously and I take the success of our business seriously and that's their that's they're going to be their um their reputation that they are serious about doing their job which is the primary 20 year old now i mean 
15 years now that in management classes of that boomers take yep. in order to know how to manage millennials, the viewpoint starts with millennials don't take their job seriously. That's the presupposition, which now is getting the backlash. The boomers have nothing to contribute yeah. anymore. So it is, it, it's, it's, it's almost like turn, turnabout is fair play yeah. in that. But that's not, I mean, that's not the route that Christians should take. Christians should say, okay, so what am I called to do? Well, I have to take my business area. And especially if a boomer has like, in, in some big corporations, a boomer has taken the benefit package where they have received stock or at least shareholding type yeah. benefits as part of their job. And now they see millennials, this is their attitude, millennials are ruining the business and ruining my retirement. Oh, uh, yeah. Driven completely by selfish interest. Yep. Okay, but this is these are the pressures that are behind the scenes. Yeah. In these kinds of conversations, so that's the the young men, and then since this is addressed to Titus as a young man, the behavior of young women is never addressed in this, because it, it doesn't it doesn't say that. So then we go to First Timothy chapter four, and Timothy has talked about the fact that he's going to have to be a good church leader. Um, and so you put these things in front of people. You're a good servant, trained in the words of the faith, good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreva irreverent, silly myths. Instead, train yourself for godliness. Uh, while bodily training has some value, godliness is a value in every way as it holds the promise for the present life and the life to come. It is this concept of the millennial needs to show that they're focused on the future. Yeah. Like long-term future. Yeah. And I would say that in some of these cases, they maybe they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is, it's the transference from the boomer generation yeah. taking that responsibility to stepping back. Yeah. And the millennials are taking that responsibility. Yeah, I think, you know, um, now jumping out of biblical stuff and just kind of, I'm not quite a millennial. I'm not quite Gen X, so I don't know where I fall and all that. But um, the, the job experiences I have had a lot of times what seems to happen is um, I'm not taken seriously. So, like, uh, I, I think a lot of times the checkout has happened for me on jobs because I try really, really hard and everything I do is shot down because this is not the way it's been done or these people all know better. So there's a lack of dialogue between the two of, you know, being able to prove anything yourself so then at the end it's like well if i can't do anything then i'll just not do anything since you're not taken seriously it's yeah like you're... well and we are um a good two to three generations into that in our culture the bible does not address a culture yeah where younger adults can actually know more than the older adults right we are in the age the information age and in the digital age and so it is true that, I mean, even for us, your mother and I are boomers. We're in the middle. We're the exact middle year of the boomer generation. Yeah. And we, by the opportunity of time, because most boomers did not have to work while trying to do like high school education. I mean, like my, my mother did not finish high school because she began to work in order for their family to be able to even function. Right. So then I go on to being raised in an environment where I didn't have to work for survival right. of the family. 
So I had more time to study as well as my brothers and sisters. And then many of my brothers and sisters, well, all of us went on to additional training past high school and some into advanced graduate degrees in our fields of work. Mm -hmm. So we knew by the time we were 30 years old, there was a lot of information and how to find information that we knew better than our parents who were the builder generation. Right. Now we're in the millennial time, millennial generation that has access. And if they have a discerning, if they have wisdom, mm -hmm. in other words, they don't believe everything they read on the internet, but they know how to sift through good information versus bad information, then they are in a position to know more about stuff than boomers. Yeah. Because boomers, the internet and digital information is not our first language yeah. of yeah. learning. So taking it back to my original question now, I think the OK Boomer has kind of bloomed out of this view of we are trying to look long term. We are trying to figure out how do we build our world because, you know, a lot of us are in our 30s now. We have families and stuff and we see this wall of we can't do anything because this generation is in our way. We're trying to build a world. We're trying to look long term and we can't. So now we just need to ignore this. How do we change that? Well, in building relationships, uh, Paul's command to Timothy on in chapter 4 of 1 Timothy, his instructions are um, 12. And so here, just think of a millennial listening to this. Verse 12, let no one despise you for your youth, but set, but, so that doesn't mean mm -hmm. I need respect. Right, okay. Don't, don't despise me. It is, he says, so don't let anybody despise you. And this is how that, that works for you. This is what you can do about that. Don't let anyone despise your youth, but set believers an example in speech. That is how you talk. That your choice of words, like, okay, boomer, then you've just lost mm -hmm. your credibility with that boomer. Right. Because you've insulted them. Yeah. Well, at first you don't insult them because they don't even know what that means. <laughs> but, that's but it even sounds more. insulting But still. it's even more of an insult once the boomer realizes it. It's like, yeah. the, it's like the slow burn insult. Yeah. Oh, when that boomer gets home, they're going to realize what I actually said to them. Yeah. And I'm going, whoa, I got them. Really good. Okay. So that's in speech and in conduct. So we're setting the young, the millennial is setting the example now for the anybody including the older believers, they're setting the example in speech, in conduct, in love, how to treat people, uh -huh. in faith, that is trusting, and in purity. And so that's like, that's the high calling for the younger leader and the younger worker is that, well, if you want to be an influencer with boomers, mm -hmm. step up to the line. This is a high calling. And of course, this is, Paul talking to Timothy, we could say, well, this is just about religious leaders. This is about church yeah. leaders. Well, yeah, but doesn't it apply to even the workplace? Mm -hmm. Be the person that has the impeccable character, that people know that you love them, that they can rely on your word, and that you're actually out making a difference in your community. Nice. That's how you don't let people despise you. And I can guarantee you that most boomers, I'm not going to say all, but most boomers will respect any younger adult. I mean, in fact, they'll they'll post about it on Facebook for crying out loud, <laughs> you know, about this young person that does this incredible thing in the community or yeah. is visiting their grandmother in the care center. All of these things that exude love and respect that they are giving out to other people. Yeah. So I think it applies. I think it transfers. So 
in a lot of ways, the way through is for both sides to love and respect each other. Right. And the boomer has to not rest on the laurels of their past mm-hmm. as their reason that everybody should pay attention to them. And the millennial must prove themselves in their personal being, who they their are. Their integrity. Yeah. All right. So then that eliminates, one, a millennial would only say, okay, boomer, if they had a great relationship with the boomer that they're saying it to, and it's a kind of an inside joke. And they <laughs> can both them. laugh about and it. And they can yeah. both laugh yeah. about and it. And then maybe on the flip side, the complaining that millennials are ruining everything is also not helping the conversation. Right. The boomer has to, the older worker has to be absolutely committed to investing in the life of younger workers, younger leaders, simply for the fact of the value to the culture and the future, not because they necessarily even like that millennial person. It's because they believe in what that millennial person needs to become. Well, and they're choosing to be obedient to the command to love. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a lot of... It's going to be Mm patient. It's going to take patience. And I think that even physiologically, um, aging mm-hmm. um, does deteriorate. Yeah. The uh, well, patience is a spiritual attribute, but our physical body, the fatigue of the physical body, the sometimes muddledness of a cloudy mental day for a a boomer. Yeah. Yes, boomers, we do have cloudy mental days. Mm, I sure do. Um, <laughs> we have to. We have to take care of ourselves as boomers so that when we are interacting with people, we're at our best. We can't indulge ourselves, which is the, those yep. general teachings that are given to older people. We can't indulge ourselves and then expect to walk out into the society and have patience with everything that happens to us because we'll be tired. We'll be like, I mean, we'll be tired and grumpy <laughs> and without the, the emotional stamina. Yeah. And so we have to still take seriously the impact of our lives by not indulging ourselves with all of our little retirement pursuits or near retirement pursuits. Because a lot of boomers who are still working are, uh, well, let's just, I don't want to be too judgmental. I do know of boomers who are on, you know, the last stretch of their working days. They're only working because they have to Mm -hmm. financially. They don't like it and they don't invest much in their businesses anymore yeah. they are just getting the paycheck in time yeah. and then going and doing their pursuits so kind of to, to sum up start with the older generation and we'll just keep it generic so just going on because eventually millennials will be the older generation that's right um so for an older generation love patience and kind of combining the two also not getting caught up in indulgences and not teaching the resentments right that they have built up in their own heart. Yeah, very good summary of that. And then for the younger generation, and they will keep coming, so as it goes down, to really work on your own character. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, love, just like the other one. But um, prove that they are someone that is looking forward and looking for the whole culture, not just for themselves. Right. And that they can be trusted and respected. Um, And yeah. So it's a pretty simple answer and I think that it can be applied in family dynamics, mm-hmm. um, in multi-generational family dynamics, and as well as in the workplace. Because we're in an era where it's going to be, 
um, especially in a lot of service-oriented industries, yeah. there's going to be a lot of multi-generational people working together. Now, in like some industries, let's say like construction, yeah. it's, it's high impact to the bodies. It's what, once I knew mm-hmm. a contractor who uh, was approaching 40, 45 years old, said, this is a young man's job. There are actually physical things like going up and down ladders yeah. for decades. The There are less and less... The older a person gets, the less that they can do some of those things simply because their body yeah. has right. some problems. But besides the workplace, it also applies to church. Yes. Mm-hmm. To the relationships in church. Right. And in the church, the uh, these passages speak directly yeah. to the conduct in the church. Again, it is not just simply respect because I'm old, yeah. but still being a respectable old person by setting a model um, and investing in. And that's really... it's. It's about investing in and caring about young anybody that's younger than them, yeah. and and loving them, and loving them, being patient with them, and for the younger individuals in a church, it is um, looking at older people's when they are giving wisdom. If it comes across again, just a practical thing. If it comes across like oh, you think you know it all, instead of reacting to that, just say, "So help me understand what you you think could be better." have how I'm dealing with this that might be a specific like a mm-hmm. workplace question but yeah. like in relational thing in a church it might just be to be able to just ask them about because okay, like a typical thing that an old person might do is to give some unasked for advice about <laughs> raising kids let's just be very specific okay. okay you know and for the 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 parent who is the young adult says back to them so Hey, my name is so and so. Yeah, I mean, because sometimes an old, if an older person does that without even yeah, introducing even themselves, know, just inserts themselves into the life. Instead of saying, you know, mind your own business uh-huh. or okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually had that uh, when I when we had young kids, and yeah. I would have them in in church with me. You know, mm-hmm. I had a person that I didn't even know tap me on the shoulder and say, "We do have a nursery." What was that generation? The generation before you guys? Builders. (laughs) Okay, builder. (laughs) I don't remember what my response was, but it probably was not real nice. (laughs) It was probably said a little rudely. The richness comes, and that's what the, the, the Apostle Paul and other writers are saying, is that there's a richness that comes from generations dwelling together and doing life together. Mm -hmm. And everybody contributing what they can contribute. And I think it's pretty clear. Just read First and Second Timothy and Titus. And there's quite a bit of material there, there is. to just see what I do at my life stage of how I care for and, inv- and make a difference in the lives of the people around me. If you have any questions, just email us at nogod at tonykafka.com. That's K-N-O-W. G-O-D at T-O-N-Y-K-A-F-K-A dot com.